Hey everyone, you're listening to It's Not Just a Habit, where we talk about the small things that make room for big changes. I'm your host, Zoe Bjornsson, and I'm glad you're here. So I'm so excited to introduce my first guest, Francesca Sitma. She is a breathwork coach and hypnotherapist who has worked with hundreds of people on unblocking their subconscious and stepping into their power. And that sounds big and vast because it is. And I've had the pleasure of working with her for, gosh, at least three months now. And her method and her coaching through breathwork has honestly changed my life. So we'll talk about that a bit more in addition to Francesca's journey into breathwork. But we also talk about why we need more vulnerable men in this world and why we need to break down to break through. And then we also hear from Francesca on the one habit that shifted her mindset and changed her life. So make sure you stick around till the end because Francesca also has a challenge for everyone. And it's the one thing that you need to do before bed every single night. Thank you and hope you enjoy. I'm so honored and grateful that you're here. Thank you for joining me on my podcast adventure. Of course, I'm so excited to be here with you. Yay. Well, uh, for those who do not know, Francesca is a breathwork coach and hypnotherapist who I have had the pleasure of of working with and have seen huge shifts in my life and have learned so much from you. So I'm also grateful for that and I'm excited for you to share a little bit more about that, but really what we're here to talk about and I know is really important to you and your life and personal growth is about habits and how the shifts that they can bring into your life. And I know that you kind of went on a big journey in discovering breath work and um, just like that self empowerment, self change, self betterment. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more about how breath work came to you, what you were doing before and a little bit more about what the work you do now. Yeah, so um, I was a 10-year New Yorker who was working in marketing and advertising, and I had just found that once I reached my goals, I was feeling a bit maybe insatiable and a bit empty, Mm. and I thought there must be something more to life than this. Um, So I actually explored a couple different things like going client-side and moving to SF and getting into tech before I finally realized that it's not the career that is the Mm. problem. There's some void inside me that I need to do some more deep exploration or maybe healing on. So I ended up um, booking a retreat in Bali, not knowing fully what it was. It was a seven day holotropic breathwork retreat and it was private. So it was just me and my feels for seven days, 10 hours a day. And, uh, you know, the teachers kind of explained to me that it was going to be this experiential therapy. It was going to be very intense emotional and physical sensations. We were going to be releasing any stuck energy, any suppressed emotions, and just kind of going with the flow. And what ended up happening was very unexpected and very powerful, as you've experienced in your own breath sessions. Mm. And I just, um, you know, I ended up seeing so many childhood wounds and disconnection from my mind and my body. And we went so deep into the subconscious state to memories and emotions that I just wasn't aware of, even after a lot of therapy and a lot of self-help books. So I became so fascinated, so fascinated by the power of breath and the ability for us to go so deep and do so much cleansing and healing of our mind and body that 
I had no other choice really, but to mm. explore it further. So that's kind of how I stumbled upon it mm. and just ended up, you know, studying really different workshops, retreats, styles until finally deciding to give it back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think what's interesting about breath work is also for me personally, it's hard to explain. Like it's hard to tell yeah. people what you're going through and what you do. And obviously there's the, you know, nuts and bolts of it. So you're like breathing in, breathing out, you know, that kind of stuff. And you do it for 25 minutes and X, Y, Z. But there's also the kind of like yogic breath work. And there's these two kind of different types of breath work that people do. And so how do you, how did you kind of like get past that initial concept and how do you explain it to people? Cause I find that's almost like a stumbling block for me because people are like, Oh yeah, breath work, like breathe in through one nostril and out through the other. And I'm like, well, there's other kinds. Right. Yeah. I explored a lot of different types of breathing techniques and mm. I love pranayama. I love, you know, and I love Wim Hof's method mm. and they, they all serve sort of different benefits. Right. I think where a lot of those styles are to get our energy flowing or just to boost immunity or to regulate the nervous system, I try to really channel the breath work into breaking psychological patterns. Mm -hmm. So you'll see that, you know, in my classes, we spend so much time in the beginning trying to bring content up to the surface. Sometimes we do journaling prompts. Sometimes I teach on a concept and then I trigger you guys when you're under to make mm -hmm. sure that we're guiding it into something that is more channeled, more focused, and something that can create sustainable behavior change. Mm -hmm. So I try to just position it to people as, you know, there's a lot of different breathing techniques, just like there's a lot of different workouts. There's a lot of different styles mm -hmm. of yoga. And this one is really a conscious connected style. And I guide deliberately to get into the psyche and to clear any subconscious blocks mm -hmm. so that we can get to extreme clarity and get to our highest self. Mm -hmm. But it's really one of those things where I think, and you've noticed this too, when you try to get people to come in, you know, most people <laughs> are really skeptical. They're very skeptical. And you're like, no, it's crazy. This happened. And people are like, okay, really? But if you can lead them there through your passion and they just experience it on their own, it really just takes one time for people to yeah. be like, whoa, that was crazy. Or now I'm really curious and I want to explore more. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how it happened for me. Khaki was like, you got to do this. And I was like, okay, I don't really know what I'm getting into. And even during your, you, I think that was the real kicker for me. I realized like how much I am in my head, even when I'm like in a space where I should be in my body or in my breath or even working out. And that first time of breath work, I was like, thinking like, oh, I can't wait to tell Khaki like how this was. I'm like, that's not what you're supposed to be. <laughs> doing when you're doing this this work I find that with so many people and especially with the achievers you know because we're so wired to think logically mm. and to be pragmatic and to plan ahead and our brain is is used for these survival mechanisms of knowing what to do next or thinking about what to do next mm. but I think that's why breathwork is a lot easier to drop into the meditation because with the oxygen technique and kind of focusing on that three-part breath Mm -hmm. It's easier to drop in rather than just trying to calm your mind and just trying to quiet down that chatter. You actually have a technique to focus on. And by the time the oxygen and the carbon dioxide is doing a thing on your body, if you can get out of what's happening physically, then you can get pretty deep emotionally. Mm. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I've even heard from friends that I've told about 
breath work. It's like they, that's when they were able to get into that meditative state. And even for myself, I'm like, I don't want to meditate anymore. I just want to do breath work because like, <laughs> that's how I drop in. And that's how I get, I don't know, like the meditations after a breath work session are like the juiciest, most, like I, my whole, my body feels like it's all one. Like my, my hands just like melt into my stomach and it's, it feels crazy to explain to someone who hasn't experienced it. So it's kind of like one of those things where you're just like, you got to do it. You got you yeah. to get on the drive. Exactly. Just trust me. You, and if they're open and they're ready, then I mean, magical things can happen. You yeah. You just, you just got to put your foot in the door. Got to step yeah, in. Exactly. I love it. Well, you have been kind of in this world of building your own business and spreading the, the good word of breathwork, so to speak, for a bit now. And how do you feel like your your habits as an entrepreneur and your habits just as someone who's taking care of um, themselves are mixing in? And how do you sort of set up your day to make sure that you're taking care of both sides? Yeah, I mean, I'm so lucky because it's intertwined, right? Mm. Breathwork is such a fundamental part of my routine and how I gain clarity and how I get creative and figure out how to scale or when to pivot or Mm -hmm. how to, you know, kind of grow my business. So that's really the first part of my morning. It's like wake up 6 a.m., you know, wash my face, brush my teeth, (laughs) and then I drop into a breathwork session right away. And like you're saying, the meditation after breathwork is so heightened so I definitely do a 25-minute breathwork session, then I go into meditation. Mm. And at the end of meditation, when you're just so deep into that beta state, I do my visualization, I do my gratitude practice, I do my affirmations, and that's a non-negotiable for me every mm. single day. Mm-hmm. And then usually after that, I'm in such a peak state that I start work. I work right away, and I work yeah. through the morning. And then in the afternoon is when I'll, I'll usually do a workout and then I'll take clients like around three mm. through, the night, through the night. So that's usually my schedule. Um, and I've read enough business leadership books to know <laughs> that having that disciplined routine and sticking with it, not just because you're growing healthy habits, but because then you don't have to think about it so much anymore. Mm. You don't have to plan so much and spend your time and energy figuring out what it is that you're going to do my breathwork and my meditation organize the day for me. They Mm -hmm. organize the content for me. So that's how I really stay clear and um, focused. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think something that's interesting when I've kind of done casual surveys on habits and just what stops people from developing them, a lot of people say that they don't have the time or it's like boring to do or something like that. And for me personally, and obviously, you know, what sounds like for you, habits are a way to create more time and those like routines and rituals like they just set you up to have much more space so it's kind of a when I hear that from other people I'm just like oh gosh like if only you knew yeah that cracks me up when people are like I don't have time to meditate I'm like wow the the retention and decisiveness and articulation and planning that you can do in after you've meditated because your brain is just like improved its state mm. will save you so many hours during the day. Mm-hmm. I'll do a 25 minute breathwork session and have the entire layout for my website, have all the copy for my partnerships, or I can sit in front of my laptop and try to come up the words for a couple hours and organize it, you know? Yeah. So it saves you so much time in the long haul and not just in those kind of trivial tasks, but just the improvement of your cognitive function. Mm. So, I mean, that is just non-negotiable, like, 
for me. You have to have that morning routine to set you up for your day. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, if you're like, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. You're just gonna, you're not going to do it. And then you're not going to benefit from it. So that, that morning, morning setup really like tease it off for the day for, for myself as well. I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned earlier about how, like in terms of the, how the achievers go through breath work. And I know a lot of your work is kind of in that world of these like high performance people. And is, is that who breathwork is for or who, like who can benefit the most from breathwork? Everybody needs breathwork. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Everybody needs breathwork. And the beautiful thing about breathwork is that it just serves so many purposes, functions, benefits, because if you have trauma healing that needs to be done, if you can't break an addiction, if you have toxic relationship patterns, if you are suffering from anxiety, if you have bouts of depression, to me, breathwork is the most effective and efficient modality to clear that anxious energy, that fear from your nervous system to break those energetic patterns. Mm. I feel while I love being able to facilitate those deep healing sessions, what really lights me up is helping those achievers get rid of the blocks so that they can reach their fullest potential and create mass impact. Mm -hmm. I think just because that resonates so much with my story and I have so much experience living that, Mm -hmm. that's why I sort of gravitate and those people gravitate towards me. Um, And it's just, you know, you've seen the people that have maybe tried a breathwork session or are too scared to try a breathwork session. So for me, the achievers who already have a high level of discipline and commitment and work ethic, they're Mm going to get the most out of it because they know that you have to do something consistently in order to maximize the benefits. Mm -hmm. So that's just my sweet spot audience. And I know that they're going to do something so great with it because they already have such a skill and a talent and an intellect. And so if they can just channel it into something more meaningful and purposeful, Mm -hmm. what's better than that? Yeah, totally. And what I, I love seeing, you know, through your work is breath work and, um, this kind of arena of health and wellness, self-care, like whatever you want to jumble up has traditionally been such a feminine energy. And so to see some of the people and the guys that come into your class, I'm just like, hell yes, this is what we need. Like we need these guys who are traditionally like super masculine or like macho, like not that like there's any like good, bad either, but they're, they're taking advantage of this feminine energy that they can benefit from and their businesses can benefit from and and whatnot. So I think that's just a beautiful kind of transition to see. Yeah. I remember I had this class in LA and it was like 30, there was a couple women in there, but it was mainly men and they were there for this high performance lifestyle retreat and Mm. breath work was the last leg of the weekend. Mm. And you know, these, buff guys just came into class like expecting some kind of meditation and they were all a bit skeptical and it was one of the most powerful experiences of my life Mm. like seeing this group of men get vulnerable seeing them all just kind of break down to each other I mean every single one of them was bawling and they all had such huge memories like that had just been repressed because they've been taught in this society to be strong, to keep it together, to not feel, to not show and express emotion. So to be able to hold that space and give them that outlet and to see the outpouring support that they had for each other afterwards and the bonds that were created because they got so raw and real, it was 
I mean, beyond rewarding. Like I, I always have goosebumps when I tell that story. Mm. Um, and then, and you've seen a lot of those guys come to the community classes. And it's so, I mean, I love yeah. their energy, you know, and they're so yeah. open, they're so cool. So exactly that like vulnerability that comes out of, you know, especially the community classes, I think is just so beautiful and needed right now. Like we need to see other people breaking down because then it kind of gives us permission to break down and just like continues that cycle. Break down to breakthrough. Yeah, there you go. I love it. Um, <laughs> what I think is is interesting and something that I have personally like not quite nailed is like how breathwork is is this big thing that you go through and it's it's so beneficial. But it's like how to me it seems like how do you do it on your own? Like how do you make that a habit when it it emotionally is you know a journey to go through physically at times. But like, how do you kind of integrate that into your routine as someone who might be new to it or curious about it, or if you've been like going to the community classes and how do you, how do you make that more of a, a thing? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I definitely recommend in the beginning of your breathwork classes to go when it's guided. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to have a facilitator who holds a safe space and who also teaches you how to integrate because it can yeah. be a lot to process. You've seen, I mean, it's incredibly totally. emotional. Mm -hmm. um, for those who are just listening and can't see Zoe's eyes just pop out of her head <laughs> when I said it's very emotional. Uh, so, so it's a lot. Um, so I definitely recommend that you have it guided where there's an instructor in the beginning so that you know what's coming so that mm -hmm. you, and then you train yourself to feel through heavy emotions. Mm -hmm. Cause once we do that a few times then we're like, okay, I know I'm going to get to the other side of this. Mm -hmm. I know that this feels heavy. And I know that this is going to be a lot, but I also know that I can get through this. Mm -hmm. And then once you've kind of established that sort of process of your breath, you're like, okay, I'm going to set an intention. I'm going to breathe to a couple songs and then I'm going to journal and see what came up. And that's how I'm going to kind of connect the dots. So you have a little bit of experience doing it with the teacher. Then you can start to incorporate that in your own practice, in your day-to-day mm -hmm. -day by yourself. But I recommend, you know, starting once a week and then... Even I still, most of my breathwork sessions daily are for clarity. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm blocked, then I'm like, okay, there's something <laughs> that needs healing here. Yeah. And it's usually, it's usually my boyfriend that points it out to me. He's mm. like, he's like, oh, you sure you want to do creativity? I think we need to work on that reactivity <laughs> from last night. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Sometimes so, yeah. you need someone to mirror it back to you. Oh yeah, always. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think breath work for me has been a big teacher in that emotions are temporary and we do move mm -hmm. through them. And I know you're going to giggle because I love my emotions chart and <laughs> yeah, I like so need, need to be able to be like, okay, I'm sad, but like, what does that really mean? And yeah. what is that sadness? And in breath work, I have gone through like, highs, lows, like I'm bawling and I'm remembering my parents' divorce. I'm remembering a toxic relationship I had in high school. Like you just go through all this and then you come out and you're in this meditation and you're just like, I feel so at peace. Or for me, it was a couple of weeks ago. It was like, I found my purpose. And it's just <laughs> all of that in one, you know, 20, in one hour, but like a 25 minute, you know, 35 minute breath work and meditation. And, and I think to be able to go through that swing and not see it as a negative, but see it as like, oh, I went through all of that. So anything that's going to come up in the future is going to be 
that pendulum. Like it's gonna, I'm gonna swing back to normal, but I also know I'm gonna swing back to here and there. But what a great metaphor for life that is, mm. right? Because we're never going to be able to control our external circumstances. So the only thing we can do is control our internal world and roll with it, flow mm -hmm. with it, find the lessons in it. So in a journey, if somebody's really getting the full experience, they're going to tap into some of the maybe sadness, maybe there's some anger, maybe there's some guilt that they didn't know that was living there. Maybe there's an uncomfortable memory that's connecting the dots to why they behave the way that they do today. But if they allow themselves to feel if they allow themselves to feel through it, get all the way to the other side, then you actually clear it from your body and you start mm. to feel really light. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it does, it takes a little bit of emotional resiliency, right? It definitely takes a little bit of tenacity, but it's so worth it because you've just gotten to the root of a block. You've cleared the energetic pattern and you start to feel so much clearer, so much lighter. A hundred percent. I I can testify. <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about breath work, but I'm curious for you, like this, this podcast for me is all about learning how, you know, women especially have in, introduced a new small change, a small habit into their life. And it's made room for a big transformation. And so I'm curious for you, like, what's that small thing that, that made a big change? The small thing that made a big change for me was gratitude practice. Mm. So I think I probably read that like in Oprah's like Sunday <laughs> Wisdom, one of those books, you know, it's like yeah. three things that you're grateful for every morning. And I started that practice when I was in a low place, like when I was in San Francisco and I wasn't loving it. Yeah. And I was just trying to rewire to find some positive in the situation. And I remember waking up and being like, okay. Like, I don't have to wear a jacket when I go outside today. That's a positive. <laughs> like, my life's still slowing down. I'm eating healthier. You know, just, like, finding little moments and starting. Because I think so many of us who have, if you've been through a trauma, and I don't even mean that in a catastrophic way. I just mean, you know, like, whatever that relates, however that relates to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our coping mechanism is to complain or to find the negative or to be judgmental. But if you start to shift your mind into finding gratitude and do that three times a day, do that in the morning before you, when you wake up, do that before you go to bed, you're literally rewiring your brain, rewiring to be more positive. So that was the habit shift that was really a big catalyst for me. Mm, so it really kind of took you from a little bit of a darker place to just like realizing those positive kind of positive nuggets of every single day and then growing from there. It was a kickoff because I remember a few weeks after I'd started that, I remember seeing something and just being like, oh, well, it could be like this. And I was like, whoa, I didn't go to negative before I went to positive. I just saw it in a good light. You know, I was like, okay, something's happening in my brain. Mm, so that's so interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of people also just write it off that like, that's how they are. They are negative mm. or they assume the worst in people or, you know, fill in the blank and don't believe that it can be switched with something as simple as a gratitude practice or maybe a meditation or journaling or something like that. That's not who you are. That's your conditioning. And I mean, the same way that we formed those habits and behaviors out of maybe protective strategies or coping mechanisms, we can mm -hmm. rewire them by changing our thoughts, feeling different emotions, and practicing that over and over and over again. 
like we've talked about this in class, like our mind does not know the difference between our external reality and our internal world. So if we're constantly visualizing, thinking our highest thoughts, seeing our highest self and feeling that motion, that emotion as if it already exists, we start to change the chemistry in our body. Mm-hmm. And we start to raise our vibration. We start to magnetize the things that we want. Like it really does start with your thoughts and then your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that kind of quote that you just shared and or just like note about how we don't know the difference between mm-hmm. what's real and what's not was a big game changer for me. And I think one of the concepts that's tied to that is like manifestation. And a lot of people, it, I feel like it started bubbling up the last couple of years. Like, okay, here's all these people who are manifestation experts and you can follow them and they can teach you how to do this or that. And it took me a bit to sort of fall into that belief system because I was like, that's not possible. Like, that's just goal setting. But at the same time, <laughs> like, it's, it's not. And I've said things to my family recently. I'm like, oh, I manifested that. And they just sort of laugh it off because it's not like we're not wired to think that way. We're wired to think that like every logical ending has a logical journey. And that's just not always the case. That's not the case. And for anybody who, you know, is still skeptical on that, I definitely invite you to look into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work because Mm. he really breaks down the science behind our thoughts or energy and they emit Mm -hmm. information and they emit a frequency So as we're thinking and we can create brain and heart coherence where our thought and our emotion is the same, then we start to raise our vibration. We start to expand our electromagnetic field. And that's why things start to magnetize to us. Things start to gravitate to us. So Mm -hmm. manifestation is real. Mm -hmm. You can get good at it. You're getting good at it. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I, I think it's also, it's just, it's wonderful how you kind of marry this world of wellness with science and facts like that is something that I really appreciate I think a lot of other people do and a lot of people are also craving like we want that logical guide to lead us to something bigger and once we kind of have a little a couple facts a couple like check mark check marks in the box like we'll be okay with it but it's just almost human human nature to kind of want that yeah I mean I I wasn't I would not have considered myself a spiritual person at all before I found breath work. And even Mm -hmm. when I did, I was like, I need to understand this. I was reading all the breath books, right? And I'm like, what's going on with my body? (laughs) And when I started to understand the difference in our oxygen levels and our carbon dioxide and how they activated and stimulated different parts of the brain, Mm -hmm. and they were quieting down the front part. So that's why you overthinkers, you analytical types, it's shutting off that monkey chatter. Mm -hmm. And that's allowing different parts of our brain to get stimulated. Mm -hmm. The subconscious mind starts to get stimulated. And that's why you're accessing all these memories that that didn't occur to you or that you didn't connect to whatever it is that's going on in your life right now. And when you start to use that for creativity, then you start to tap into this book that I read six years ago, this Mm. workshop that I went to last week, and that person that I met on the street, connect connect the dots. Like maybe that's how, I mean, the possibilities are endless. So Mm. there's so, there's infinite intelligence and wisdom to be accessed through our brain when we can shut off that front part, that skeptical part. And that's why people gravitate to the breath so much because it's like, what am I going to discover today? Yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. And I can totally relate to that monkey, monkey chatter. I call it monkey mind. And it's just, sometimes it's so overwhelming that you don't know what to do with it. But really getting into your, your body through breath is, is something that definitely helps. 
I love it. Well, I, I want to close this out by asking if you have a habit nugget that you'd like to share with the world. So like a resource, a book, an article, a tool, a quote, like what has like stuck with you in terms of building habits and routines that you'd like to pass on? I read the book Atomic Habits a while ago, and I'll never forget in that book, he says, it's not always about motivation. Sometimes it's about environment. Mm. And I was like, whoa, I could make this so much easier on myself by not having chips laying around the kitchen <laughs> all the time. And like just setting up my environment for success and not creating temptations around me or distractions around me. So that's, I think, an amazing resource to create mm. good habits. The other book I would recommend is The Compound Effect. Hmm. doing small things every single day can create remarkable results. So mm -hmm. keeping those small promises to yourself, like checking one thing off of your list every day, that's how you start to really build momentum. Mm -hmm. And then one of my most recent habits that I would definitely recommend to everybody mm -hmm. is asking your subconscious mind a question before bed every night. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to love that one. <laughs> Because right before bed, you know, we're about to like drop into a deep theta state and then mm -hmm. you kind of focus on this one question, like what is it that you need insight on, like what direction mm. that you want for the morning when you wake up, it will work wonders. Oh, I'm very intrigued because I also have very vivid dreams and I can remember them. So sometimes I'll have like crazy dreams and I'm like, what was that telling me? I have to know. So maybe I can start guiding, guiding that brain. Totally. I look forward to getting a DM from you tomorrow morning on the answer to your question. <laughs> no, I got to think of my question first. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Francesca. I really, really appreciate you being here and sharing all of your knowledge, words of wisdom and little nuggets. I am so happy that we got to do this and I am so excited to watch you continue stepping into your purpose and path. Mm, thank you. Appreciate that. So there you have it. Thank you again to Francesca for her time and also the work that she is doing. It's, again, changed my life. And if you're curious about breathwork, you can always check out Francesca on Instagram at Francesca Sitma, and you can book sessions with her through the link in her bio. I'll also put some info in the show notes and podcast description. She is doing two more sessions this August, and these are community sessions that are only $25, and they're so, so powerful. They are worth that 25 bucks that you would spend on, I don't know, two new face masks, like whatever is a relevant comparison. It's not lattes anymore. I'll definitely be there. And I encourage you to take the plunge and try it out if you're at all curious, because once you get your foot in the door with breath work, it uh, opens up a lot of other opportunities, windows, doors, whatever you want to call it. And I think you'll be glad you did. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. This is It's Not Just a Habit. And thanks again.